EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University. Welcome to the EU Futures Podcast, exploring the emerging future in Europe. I'm Olya Jordanian, an EU Futures Project Coordinator at BU Center for the Study of Europe. Today is February 15th, and I talk to Georg Dietz, a writer for German Spiegel Weekly News Magazine and a Neiman Fellow at Harvard University. My name is Georg Dietz. I'm a columnist and writer for Spiegel, uh, based in Berlin, and I'm currently a uh, at Cambridge, Massachusetts, as a Neiman Fellow at Harvard. Great. What is the future emerging in Europe now? Um, the future emerging in Europe uh, now is um, it's very unclear, I think. You, sh- you have to understand what happened until this point, I think, to understand what might happen in the future. So the discourse about Europe uh, was very... Uh, I think rightly so negative in a way after uh, the financial crisis, how, how especially um, Germany handled the, the the aftermath of the financial crisis. I think austerity was a very negative policy for, for uh, almost all of Europe. Um, and I think um, another traumatic event was um, the, ref- the refugee crisis. Um, so those were the, the two main um, tests for Europe and I think uh, Europe failed. Um, the 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 way the institutions were built, the EU not being a very democratic institution, no real connection to to voter will. Um, I think that's that's uh, the negative side. That's what we have. We have a failing European structure. Th- then Brexit came, and then Trump came, and all of a sudden, I think people might realize um, that Europe has a specific set of values and has a specific um, future that could be um, different from what the past looked like. Um, To be more specific, I guess there is a very clear path, I think, to having uh, European solutions for the internet or for military um, purpose with the disintegration of NATO. I think that's um, a very clear clear question, But, but more on a democratic level, I think it's very inspiring as far as I can see. Movements like um, the, the mayor of Barcelona, who comes from this gentrification movement. So there's a very, uh, on the local level, I think the cities in Europe um, are very interesting to to um, and very inspiring places to to see how how um, democracy could could re-emerge from a, from a different uh, source. I think the the, the period of, of after war, uh, the after war period, is uh, definitely over. And the EU was an institution that was created for this period. Um, and if it's failing, and if Europe in this shape is disintegrating, which will be decided by the next few elections in France and, and, and Holland and, and, and Germany, then this is bad, but then this is what happens. And then you can, can, can try to reinvent uh, Europe uh, and democracy from, from, from a local level. That's a very interesting concept of reinventing democracy at a very local level. Can you elaborate more on that? How is that? What are the trends currently in Europe and what impact it can possibly have in the future? So I think, um, for example, if you take Germany and the refugee crisis, I think um, what politics was in the 20th century was very institution-driven. People relied on uh, the state to do things, and and this is how politics was done and learned uh, in Germany. 
Um, and, and, and the inspiring thing and the moving thing, uh, I think, was in the refugee crisis in the summer of uh, 2015, was that Germans realized what it means to be a citizen. So they didn't wait for anybody to tell them what to do. They just um, organized help for for refugees. And I, for, for me, it was like an, an American moment in, in, in the best <laughs> sense of the word, uh, that, that, that you don't wait for uh, the state you, to, to tell you what you what you should do, but you ask what you could, what, what you could do for society, and um, it it I think this is the kind of grassroots um, reinvention of civil or civic or political life that I'm interested in. So so very fast, very heterogeneous, very small organization that um, build a network of of, of like-minded people who communicate with technology. So I think the interesting part about thinking about democracy in the European context is taking this tradition of a very, of very educated places, very, it's a network of very educated places with very distinct, specific histories, and be aware of that difference more. I think the problem of the EU was that it sort of was a very rigorous, uh, abstract regime of, of democracy. It was very sort of, it was about money and 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 one institution and 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 and, and overall. Of values and measures, and there was a big resistance against sort of this. This I think that was the biggest mistake of of, of EU, so that it, it tried to apply rules for every country and 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 about light bulbs and all these sort of easily ridiculed measures. So I think the the the, the strength of Europe was always um, in in the cities, and 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 if you combine the civic spirit of a city of of people um, organizing help or economy even on a, on, a, on a different level, maybe peer-to-peer -peer economy, uh, shared economy like it's done in, in, in German cities with cars already, but um, which, which might serve as a model for, for other economies um, combined with technology. And I think it's interesting and what, what Europe has to do, I think, is it has to have a, a knowledge revolution, basically. I think there has to be huge investment in universities and in, in, in schools. Um, and, and you can see that Finland is, is very um, advanced in that, getting rid of all classes. Um, and, and when Michael Moore did this movie about what America can learn from, from the rest of the world, it was a lot about, about this. So I think there, there are really pockets of very inspiring solutions that, 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 that Europe should focus on and, and Europe has to focus on now that it's more or less by itself. So um, Nicholas Luhmann asserts that what makes democracy special is that uh, it keeps the possibilities of future choice actually open. So how do you see the role of choice in democracy in Europe? Yeah, I think that's a very um, good uh, assumption, which, which um, reminds me of something that uh, Roberto Unger says, who's a, um, a great thinker and, 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 and philosopher and politician who's, who is at Harvard at the moment. He says, um, you have to be agnostic of the future. So you have to prepare yourself for something that you don't know. Um, and I think that's the challenge for, for any uh, society. But I think uh, Europe is, I, I would assume, uh, if we talk about uh, optimistic uh, solutions, I think Europe is in a very good position for that. I think you have to, um, for example, you have to think about less about, about solutions, but more about the ability of people to, um, to find solutions. So you have to empower people. You have to um, think about learning and not, not education, not something that you sort of teach people uh, a certain task, but you have to um, enable them to, to, um, to adapt. And I think you have to, to think about the future in very in short-term uh, ways. Um, what can we do in one or two or three years, not where, we should, where should we be in 20 years? 
I think that's a that's a huge shift. I think that's the more the the twenty first century way of um, always better, in the sense not not better, not not the word like uh, good and better, but always try and try and, and fail and try again. So I, th I think this is an interesting concept, not to have a plan. And this is maybe also true for elections, not to have elections for years. I think that's a very um, rigorous concept of democracy. And I think there could be other forms, faster forms, faster decision-making, um, more participatory uh, forms of democracy. Um, um, and I think, again, there there is the, the local level or, or, or the state level um, a good example. And this is, I think, what, what is, is at the heart of, for example, the Catalonian or the Scottish independence movement. They want sort of their rights and, 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 and people are afraid of disintegration, but they shouldn't be because if they are afraid of disintegration, it'll disintegrate. So you have to embrace conflict, you have to embrace um, difference in Europe. And, and, you, and, and I think that's the greatest gift that Europe can give to the world. Um, and this is my hope for the 21st century, that the diversity is something um, that you see as strength. And this is how we resist the right-wing movements who want to tell us this otherwise. Um, no, it's uh, it's not otherwise. I think this is how, what democracy is all about, um, finding common ground um, f for the future. And I think, as Luhmann says, I think the f future has been lost um, in Europe, the, the concept of a future um, that is positive and full of promise. And so Europe has to find a way to, to, to reconnect to this to this promise, which I think is in a way to, re, to think about its history. And I, I think we live in a new renaissance. I think technology um, is shaping a new view of the world and of, of human life, like 500 years ago. Um, and this is a European concept uh, of humanistic uh, values putting the, the individual in the middle, also the refugee. I think Europe has to find a solution about integrating, not letting people die on its borders. I think if that's not happening, it, it's the end of Europe. I think you can't betray your values like that. And that's the biggest challenge I see for, for democracy in the, in the short term. But um, if you think about what's happening in, in a very positive way, I think that it has feedbacks to what the citizens are proud of and, and want to do. How can the citizens of Europe basically address the rising populism and uh, advancement of far-right parties? How can they address it? That's a very good question. Um, I, I see at the moment there is a... I think there is the citizen and the, and the, and the, and the, the party systems or the parliaments. Um, and uh, one of the biggest problems, I think, is that there's a disconnect. I think uh, the parties uh, act as entities by themselves, they, 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 they have a very strategic approach to, to politics, so they try to maneuver, um, like the Social Democrats in Germany, they try to figure out how to appeal to right-wing voters when they maybe shouldn't, try to figure out on this, on this tactical level. And I think they have to, parties have to re- uh, connect to the values that they stand for. And I think that's what uh, what the citizen um, should make clear. Um, I think it is, as it is in the United States, I think it is time for um, protest, um, for the civic society to, to show itself, to, um, to be clear that um, if a mosque is burning, then um, there should be people there who, who, who say that's not, um, that's a crime. Um, and if people are deported, there should be people there um, and saying that's that's a crime. Um, that's not how we want to 
our society to be like. Um, so it's it's it is the time of the citizen. I'm not sure if the party system is is the right place for the citizen. I'm I'm actually pretty sure that this is not the right place, which is totally fine. I mean, again, this is a a concept I think of the 20th century that is um, not going to last in the 21st century. It's going to change, and people are very afraid of that because people are afraid of change. But this is the greatest. Um, not gift, but this is the greatest, greatest motor for, for right-wing um, parties, fear. So I think if society doesn't embrace fear, but embraces change, then, um, and if that's the value that, that, that politicians follow, and I see that in younger politicians, that they um, do that, and, 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 and even somebody like Macron in France, who comes from a movement, not from a party system, so that's a different approach. I like Bernie Sanders here, so there's a, a movement of citizens who support somebody like that? Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm confident, and, and you say that that's the that's the place where change comes from, uh, the citizen, and that's what democracy is based. Um, it's, 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 it's you and me. So it's, it's um, really again, it's a call for action for for everybody. And, and democracy is not a game. That's what Barack Obama said. It's, it's a rough, um, it's rough. Every day, is democracy, is, is democracy on, on, on the um, in question. So you have to make choices every day. Okay, so I have a little bit different question, not referring to the whole t our conversation, but more about uh, are you doing some research here at Harvard, or it's um, is it somehow related to Europe, or it does not? I just thought there might be some connection. <laughs> we might need to talk about it now. It's just going to be cut out. So <laughs> I'm not losing anything asking this question. No, it's a good question. Thank you for that. Um, and thank you for the possibility to do, try to explain a little what I'm doing here. Uh, I, um, I'm trying to um, find a way to reconstruct a democratic discourse um, on a, I, I guess, global level. But, but um, this doesn't exclude Europe, of, of course. <laughs> so, so my, my, my uh, attempt is to, to um, find a space, a digital space, to find a digital platform that um, would um, bring together people from all backgrounds, thinkers, activists, uh, academians, um, politicians, journalists, to find a space where they can discuss um, very openly, utopian, utopian uh, their ideas of how um, democracy um, can, can, can thrive. Um, and I think it's interesting to find a space for me as a journalist, that is not connected to the, again, 20th century way of doing things. Um, so it's a, it should be a, a space that is both very open uh, for, I'm, I'm not sure about for anybody, but that's a question I have to figure out. So if, um, if it should be open for anybody eventually, but it should be, um, you should use technology, machine learning or algorithms to have a discourse that's more aware of what is going on within the discourse than if it's only a human-based discourse. I'm giving you an example. If you have one um, discourse about maybe radical solutions to do away with the nation-state, which could be around Barcelona, for example, so there's, or, or, or about, um, as also in, in, in Colombia, there's also a very interesting uh, way of reorganizing communities. So that, that, is, uh, that is one thread. This is one discourse that uh, we would invite people from experts and, and to discuss that and in, in, in written or in or in live meetings, town hall meetings and, and record that. But this is should be connected to the question of the future of water maybe or the future of education, which would be a different um, discourse. 
by different people. So technology could inform, um, in my mind, uh, people who are thinking in a similar way but don't realize that about what they think and, and connect those people. So that's that's what I mean with recreating a discourse around um, around ideas, which 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 would sort of enable people to uh, cooperate in very specific projects that that's my my vision um 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 and this is um i guess uh a reaction to it's a very clear reaction to to brexit um this is what what uh what we talked about after brexit we should come together and in a way live write together a program for a party that doesn't exist write a program into the future of how democracy should work and and have a co communal a wiki approach uh, to 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 democracy. Talk about ideas in a, in, a, in a wiki kind of way. So this is I'm this is what I'm I'm working on, and um, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it. So this is a very important thing you are doing, kind of developing a new form of democracy, actually that might someday go viral and literally connect people across the world. Ideally, yes, yes. Ideally, that's that's yeah, that's the plan. Do you have any questions? No, I think. Okay. So um, I'm back to Europe. And um, in what kind of Europe would you like to live in in the future? I think we were on the right track. I think everybody was feeling good about Europe. Um, pe young people were proud of or feeling good about Europe. They traveled uh, and they sort of didn't feel like citizens uh, of a specific country, I, I think. Or for me as a German, as a West German, I, I always I have a problem with. Na 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 the nation or national history because of the uh, Holocaust. Um, and this is not something I think is negative to have a problem with the nation. It's uh, something that I felt um, a lot of young people in Europe sort of weren't super interested about. Maybe they're interested in Real Madrid or Juventus Turin or um, Spain winning the, uh, the European Championship, but but not really feeling so super proud or super attached to the natural his, uh, history. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Maybe it's, but, but I think the, 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 the vision I would have is to be very aware that you are Spanish in a way that you like, that you sort of know the culture and you know, you know your place, you know the landscape, you're very influenced by where you grew up, but you move around very easily and, and, and you, 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 you're, you're at ease in, in Turin as well or in Munich. Um, the Europe I envision is not a Europe of uh, military strength, but of a knowledge uh, economy, of, of the knowledge society. Um, a, a Europe of hubs, so a city as a knowledge hub. Um, and just creating possibilities for, for, um, for growth, for everybody. And, and I, I don't see that happening in the next 10 years. I think we'll have a, a rough ride, because people shut down borders and, and re-establish borders and that'll, that'll last for a while but that's not the way Europe will survive I think Europe will, will die if we shut down uh, borders because um, that's how societies die if you don't get any fresh air from the outside that's that's dismal so my hope is that Europe uh, connects with its roots and, 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 and realizes that it's all about going places um, Thank you so much for an interesting conversation and your time. Is there anything I didn't ask you about that you would like to say, share? No, thank you for, for asking those questions. And it's, uh, 
I think it's very relevant that, that as you do, so if you start a conversation about um, visions for 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 a future in Europe, um, and I think it's a good time for that, and it's necessary. And I think there are a lot of people actually who want to join that conversation. I think it's um, people underestimate uh, people's passion and and the goodwill of people. I think that's um, you have to emphasize that that people are willing to help just because they're humans. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the EU Futures Podcast a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University, funded by a Getting to Know Europe grant from the European Commission delegation in Washington, D.C.